Because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. I'm not it's all about not. control. To them we just cattle. Numbers battling each other while they're creeping in the shadows. Scheming, plotting, clocking your every move. Locked in your mind, brainwashing till it's rocking. Got the population operating as they want them. Symbolically mocking them, thinking nothing can stop them. So open your eyes to the lies of the evil. The poison in the minds and the lives of your people. And every time they lead you down a line to deceive you. And by then, it's always too late to see. Through the veil that they hide behind Cause your third eye is blind Better take a stand We running out of time Ain't nobody coming to save us Fuck what you had in mind Arm yourself with the truth And jump behind the battle line Can we turn it around? Yeah, it's possible Divide the world full But united world This is for the world This is for the masses Attached to the strings Being pulled by puppet masters This is for the youth Searching for the proof Keep on looking for the clues I'll provide you with some truth This is for the ones Waking up from the spell to discover themselves Yeah, this is for the youth Searching for the truth Keep on looking for the clues I'll provide you with some proof This is for the world World Hey everybody, uh, I am back and I'm excited to be So tonight uh, we have kind of a special type of broadcast that I don't really do very often, but when I do it, uh, I, I always like to have the guest be live, um, but I make certain exceptions for those people that I, uh, that I speak with who are so far out of reach when it comes to the time differences that we experience as we're passing information back and forth, having these conversations and whatnot. It's it, sometimes it can be difficult. You can't expect everybody to be showing up at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday night, you know, when they live uh, in Europe, when their time is about six hours ahead of my own. That's it's not very fair. So we make some exceptions every now and then to get the uh, the, the great information in a time time capsule. So I'm going to be airing a a pre recorded um, pre recorded conversation from this morning with uh, Melissa Erna Odovic. I said it wrong again, Melissa Erna Odovic. And so there we go. Uh, just got to say it fast. And <laughs> so okay. Um, so I'm going to step out. I'm gonna step back. Look at this, this cool giraffe. My kids, my kids have the silliest, huge stuffed animals. Anyways, uh, enough about that. After the, um, after the broadcast of this interview, we will. I, I have some, uh, some announcements to make. So please stay tuned for that because uh, it's important that that you do let's see let's hope this works better than shattering the illusion because i'm doing it the same way so i'll see you guys on the other side all right so this is the uh this is what you guys are about to 
enjoy is the interview that that we're doing here uh myself well you already know who i am and uh, my guest this time around is melissa Anatovic, and uh, i i'm a stickler for last names and i've heard some of your work and you're uh you seem to uh like it when people pronounce your last name correctly did i do did i it wasn't bad and no, I don't really mind. People even spell my first name wrong, so it just doesn't even matter. <laughs> With right. the last name, it's like a lost cause. Uh, Aaron Altovich is how you say it, but you did pretty good. Well, All right, right. Yeah, I've had my last name mispronounced pretty much my entire life as well, so it, it's, I don't know, ah, oh, damn. But anyways, um, so yeah, we're here to speak about uh, self-actualization, and that is something that they do not want you to know about, uh, the big they, the, the control structure. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, I'm really excited to talk to you about this, that you reached out to me after the Shattering the Illusion conference and, and that video that you sent me was extremely informative and I wish I had gotten hold of that before I made my presentation. <laughs> but thank you, thanks anyways for that. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. It's a rainy day, but nonetheless, it's a wonderful day because I'm glad I get to have a conscious conversation with someone like yourself, because especially on the topic of self-actualization, that requires you to actually figure out who you are, know yourself, and then therefore also have the capacity to figure out and get to know other people for who they truly are. Um, so that's, and conversations like this is one of the most important ways for us to do that, like beyond small talk, beyond people's everyday labels of you know, what do you do? You know, who do you vote for? You know, what's your hobbies and all this sort of stuff that people leave on the surface, which never allowed you to actually get into the depths of anything, which is actually one of the, the methods of the control system to keep everyone sort of numbed out and on the surface level whenever actually self-actualizing. And by the way, I love that you um, mentioned they is the control system because sometimes people still today also say who's they you know which is funny of course but yeah. without constantly having to reconfirm to everyone who is they yes we are talking about the whole control system that runs the entire world right <laughs> and how are you doing today mate <laughs> uh, i'm doing well uh it's it's pretty early for me at the moment so yeah. I, I don't have an honest answer for that question but I, i'm gonna say i'm doing well <laughs> yeah so yeah, the big they, who, <laughs> who's they? Uh, yeah, so yeah, thank you. Um, so self-actualization, uh, I chose the name uh, that, I chose that title today because it, it seemed appropriate based on the conversations that we were, that we were having uh, via text and the way that you uh, present your, your material, the work that you do, um, and the people that you help, it seems as though that this is the direction that you, uh, that you take it with the idea of neuroplasticity and the, that this method that it's basically never too late to really get down and in, into the, the dirty muddy waters of who you really are and where you could go with your life and how you could appropriately use your free will to better your situation. Um, so, and that's kind of like a big thing these days that people need to, people need to know about, about that. And it's something that's largely lost. Um, could you 
could could you like in your own words or even in if you need to use the words of others could you maybe um tell us some other way some other like uh versions of the term self-actualization what other what other terms could uh, mean the same thing that people might have heard Mm. um well a few different terms or things that i also focus on as you said in terms of neuroplasticity and our ability to change and adapt and evolve and and to learn which is one of life's biggest sort of missions and goals is to learn and evolve like life is designed to literally learn and evolve um, from any any type of organism that is um i use actually the term to live from within that would be another terminology for self-actualization it means to actually live from within yourself like from who you are rather than from what everything is sort of pushed upon to you so we often have it's more so the fact that people are um throughout our entire lives from the, literally the moment we're born throughout childhood school work and everything you there are ideologies and labels and expectations pushed onto you which is conditioning and programming and that sort of sits on top of who you are so it's not that who you are has to be kind of created it's that it's there it's just you the whole way in which the world is is set up is for you to never actually develop that and rather to force you to be one specific way so other terms would be, you know, discovering your actual purpose, like purpose is a big topic that I also cover, but a lot of people talk about nowadays and a lot of there's a lot of schools of thought and, you know, life has absolutely no purpose. There's no meaning whatsoever. It's just what you make, uh, which I disagree with. I think all life actually has purpose. It's not just some random circumstance that all of this uh, infinite intelligence that we literally find ourselves in is the way it is. <laughs> and um, or the, and that the, every individual also has a sense of purpose and that they have specific unique strengths okay and unique talents and abilities which you can develop to a point of mastery which is what allows you to become like your best version of yourself in this world that's another term best version of yourself that's what that means best version of yourself doesn't mean that you're some perfect person that never has anything you never feel anything wrong you're never sad or you're never upset that's none of those things is true Another term is that people think, you know, going into another dimension, right? Oh, you're in 5D or something like that. That's, I think, really sort of a misconception these days, because again, people think that it's about leaving your body. Self-actualization is not about, you know, death. <laughs> it's not about not being human anymore. It's about being fully embodied in your humanness, but having your mind and your spirit involved, right? Mind, body, spirit, the Trinity and living in full alignment with truth. This is the thing. When you start to actually be truthful and honest in everything that you do, that's literally one of the most adventurous things anyone can embark on because it's so unexpected as to how people and things are going to react because our world is built on lies and deceit. And what gets rewarded is people backstabbing people to try to get ahead, you know, to try and be something you know whatever a specific in a specific position let's say in a company and what have you so when you just literally start aligning with truth that's also a huge aspect of self-actualization that means to literally be honest about how you feel about something in a moment about what you actually think about something in the moment 
And that is really difficult, James, for people to do because our world is so used to lies that people think someone simply being truthful and standing like in truth is offensive. And, you know, as you mentioned in today's world, it's so missing. That's why a lot of people, not everyone, of course, but a lot of people find it very refreshing when they see someone being very truthful, right? They see that it's refreshing because there's no hidden agenda. There's no hidden agenda behind you you being truthful because usually the neg the consequences for you are usually negative in the sense like you're not trying to get any personal gain. You're just being in truth. Whereas when someone's purposely being deceptive they're doing it for some kind of personal gain like they want to manipulate a situation types of the way people view them and that's always going to lead you telling lies which is also when people are like oh but you have to tell white lies or you sometimes you just gotta lie it's like no there's a big difference between you know no one's saying go out criticizing people that's not being truthful right it's not me looking at you and saying you know i can't stand the way you dress like that's not truthful like that was, just, I know, that was just a random example. That I'll have up. you know, it's 5 a.m. <laughs> How dare you? I think you did very well, yeah. Um, so, but you know what I mean? It's not that. That's not what we're talking about when we're saying truthful. I mean, actually standing in integrity in a moment where choosing manipulation or choosing to, let's say, people please, where you feel coerced, we've had a lot of that, that would be you not being in truth you know and the more you do that the more you sort of uh, run away from truth internally and externally your life will start to be constructed into this fake persona and further and further away from the true self-actualization now that becomes more and more of a problem as your life evolves and as obviously you get older and you have more different relationships and different components in your life that's where as the years go on, people further and further become this external persona and and further they, they get further and further away of their true essence. And be, but but their soul knows that. So your soul is always going to be like nudging you. It's that little it's the very, very quick feeling you get before you deny yourself truth, for example. Like there's so many people, if you ask them, you know, when something didn't go well in their life and you say well did is there any part of you that knew that maybe something there wouldn't be and they're always like yes there was and it's that part of you that people shine and deny because they'd rather you know have it be convenient they want to be comfortable they again don't want to hurt other people's feelings but again it's not about uh, intentionally trying to criticize and hurt other people it's about at the end of the day if that's the truth of how you feel or think about a current situation you expressing that is not you being mean or hurtful to the other person. It's about you actually standing in truth. And the thing is, no matter how much truth hurts to people, they'll always tell you that they respected you for telling the truth. Like, no matter how much it hurt them, I don't know if you have any experiences of that in your own life, but I certainly do. Like, so it's, you know, truth can hurt you, of course, in the moment, because like, it's nicer to just hear lies if they're sweet. That's what, unfortunately, people prefer a lot of the time. But the truth literally does set you free. That's what that means. And then it's like, mm. with that comes the responsibility of you actually meaning what you say, you know, walking the talk. Um, yeah, so all of this is, is uh, aspects to the self-actualization and different ways to explain it. Uh, what do you think? Like, when you think of self-actualization, what are different sort of terms that 
you've more come across or you think are helpful in that sense? I mean, uh, you pretty much covered them. I've, I've heard a lot of the same, the same different explanations for the, for the term, you know, and, and when I heard about this um, process of self-actualization, I started looking into it. I am getting an echo from you. Um, I hear my voice coming from your system. Oh, I don't hear anything. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's going to be fine. Is it better now? Maybe. Yeah. I changed okay. the... Okay. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed it. I, I've, I, I, uh, when I started looking into, um, you know, this term and, and I started hearing things about just like coming into your, like realizing your abilities, you know, different other, other ways to, uh, explain it, you know, it, it speaking of like realizing your abilities, like it's mm -hmm. an important aspect of this process as well, because, uh, as, as, uh, I'm listening to you, it, it sounded a lot like a lot of um, social interactions and, you know, like I, I appreciate you like bringing up the whole, like some people use deception and lies to, for climbing some fake ass ladder of, you know, some hierarchy in their job or in social uh, interactions with people. And it's just, you know, you, you're, lying to yourself and like we know that it's very important that if you can't tell the truth to other people you shouldn't be lying to yourself because you know you're all you got in, in the end and um but yeah as far as like being honest with other people like that's that's great and i implore people to do that however it's it's also important that that um you realize it's a very belligerent and dangerous thing to do because you're relying on the other person that you're being truthful and honest with to be prepared to hear it. And a lot of people are not, and they'll have a visceral reaction to that uh, type of type of speech or, you know, being told the truth. People like to live in a lie. And when they're lying to themselves, they don't want to, they don't want to learn the truth. Uh, I've been in that situation before. Um, you know, I, I won't bore you with too many of the details, but throughout the last couple of years and my, uh, the shedding away of my timid, my timidness, uh, because that's how I was a lot when I was, when I was, uh, coming up, um, I decided to be truthful with people. And the first people I decided to be truthful with were my family members. And now a lot of them don't want to talk to me anymore. And I'm not saying that I'm, you know, that the truth is like relative or that I'm being like a, you know, a, a solipsist or whatever. I'm, I'm simply saying like, look, you know, you asked me a question and I gave you an answer instead of, you know, that kind of thing. I was being honest because I, I needed to be, you know, and that's a, some, that's an approach that, that people should, uh, should like to take is like, mm -hmm. just do like be honest for be truthful because, it's the right thing to do and and you did the right thing if you were honest and truthful sometimes it does come down to perception sometimes it does come down to the way that you saw a situation and with, with social interactions specifically for sure you know you base what you uh, 
specifically with social interactions, you base what you perceive as the truth of the situation on what you experienced while being a part of that situation. And through discussion with the other people that were there, you can come to a better understanding of exactly how it all went down. The problem comes in when the other people that were there aren't ready to hear about your perception and you can't have a decent conversation with these people to actually form a solution and a way to move forward because emotions and feelings, they do matter. And to, uh, to deprive yourself of, of expressing your emotions and feelings, well, that's just another version of lying to yourself and you're throwing yourself out of balance and the, and you know, you're, you're not going to be self-actualizing anytime soon because that's what it really comes down to is like, like how you said uh, to like, you, you referred to the mask in the persona. Uh, that's a big part of like some of the work that I enjoy from Carl Jung, uh, mm. his idea of the mask and the persona and the shadow work and all this stuff that, uh, that a lot of people like to talk about. And it doesn't seem like a lot of people like to do it. So it's, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 unfortunately with many different, um, as we said, terminologies these days, they become popular. And so when something becomes popular, it can often be very misconstrued because that what's popular is usually not true. So shadow work has become almost like this buzz phrase. Um, yeah. but as you said, it's, you know, it's, is the, it's some of the most important work you'll do in your life. And very simply put shadow work is acknowledging the parts of yourself that you yourself have disowned, shunned away, uh, denied that you are ashamed of and so on and you integrating them back within yourself. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It's all an internal thing. It's all That's circumstantial right. in terms of your life experience. And it's it's looking yourself in the mirror and, be, and being honest with yourself, as you said, the only person you actually have, the person that you're gonna spend the most time with for the rest of your life is yourself. And you can lie to anybody else as much as you want, but as you, you really can't lie to yourself. You're, you're just building up that gap between that persona and the true self underneath. It's getting wider and wider and wider. And so for shadow work, like parts work is the most important thing. That's the thing. It's like people first acknowledging and understanding. We literally have like, if you just imagine like different characters within you of different ages of parts of you that are still stuck that you haven't acknowledged or integrated. So there could be like a three-year-old in you, a 14-year-old in you, you know, a 19-year-old in you that you're, that, that you've shunned away, you know, and that every time you get triggered, let's say in a specific kind of discussion or moment, rather than understanding it's a trigger and where it's coming from, you get overwhelmed with the emotion. And like you said, in some of your examples, that's where people aren't open to discussion and change and growing and getting better because they're just triggered and now they want to they just want to want it to go away so they, again they want to put it back in the darkness back in the shadow so as you so correctly said there is consequence to being truthful as in that consequence may not be exactly what you like you may not be being met with a big smile and a hug you know from people when you when you speak truth but that doesn't mean that you should therefore lie because mm. your whole uh, connection is based not on a solid foundation in that case and right. that will happen and I think many people have been experiencing this over the last few years because there's been so much of a clash of values right values is not just your preferences it's not just what you know do you like the color blue or yellow 
It's like right. values is your core fundamental of what you think the difference is between acceptable, not acceptable, right and wrong, right? That's core values. And they're usually not something you very easily, you know, shift on. And that's why we've seen many, many people uh, over the last years get into, as you said, situations where they don't speak to certain people anymore or yeah. the relationships have, you know, deteriorated and so on. But that's, again people look at endings like that as a negative but ultimately it's is it a negative because you have to look at what it was based on before if it was based purely on lies and you guys just like deceiving each other or not being truly honest it's not actually a, a genuine connection in any case so right. a lot of people yeah. often think because certain people have been in their life for a very long time that you should just continue having the, them in your life but again, that's not that's just not the case. And that's why we have a lot of, you know, people get walked all over, you get the people pleasing, you get people literally suppressing their own trauma, because they have to deal with the very same people that cause the trauma every single day, and never ever tell them what they actually are going through. And so yes, that takes um, for sure courage, because you, you do need to be expecting that there's going to be consequence there in the sense that they're not going to necessarily like what you have to say. Again, you can say it not in a way that's like attacking someone, right? You can simply say it in a space of like, I want to share with you how much this has impacted me. And this is important to me because it affects my day to day living. Like it actually affects me when you do this in this way, because I can't like, I then have a coping mechanism for that and so on. So there's different ways you can approach people like that. Again, speaking truth, I want to get it out of people's heads that they think it's somebody pointing a finger at you and yelling like that's not what it is right we can have these uh, uh, discourse in a in a conscious way but again because people aren't taught that they'd rather hide uh, and not have real communication which is getting even worse now because everything is becoming more and more people just they don't actually connect with people in real life anymore so they literally don't even know how to register you know social cues so children yeah. for example the last couple of years that were just toddlers like between the age of like two and four they uh over everything that happened the last few years they severely would have uh, suffered from that because that is the key age from where you recognize and understand social cues from people's faces meaning very simply yeah to see whether or not somebody is sad happy you know angry distra distraught calm like we learn these things through social cues facial interactions like so we need that element of communication when that's not there what you get is well actually you, you're literally developing sociopaths in that sense which is not what we obviously want to be creating so it's so key and critical that people still learn how to actually have a real conversation with another human being which today there's none of that it's just talk about people behind each other's backs assume assume everything and then talk to anyone and everyone about it other than the actual person that you need to have the, the conversation with. So yeah. that part is for people to get honest with themselves. Okay, which relationships, connections in my life, whether it be in the workplace, home, friendships, whatever, which ones are causing these triggers in me? Who, who in my life is causing me to reach out to coping mechanisms instead of every time I need to actually speak the truth to them, instead I cope and lie and that kind of thing. And you need to literally start creating yourself a plan of like, how am I going to start addressing this differently in the future? What are my other choices? When I normally do this, this and this, 
could I try something else? How about I try this this time and just see how it goes the one time? Again, it's people make it let, let it go too far as well, and that's why they blow up. So one day it'll be like, I can't stand this anymore. Like, I can't do this, whatever. And the other person will be like, well, that came out of nowhere. And that's because the person was lying the whole time. It's like step by step by step, like brick by brick. They were they were withholding, withholding, and it builds up. Emotion that's not expressed has to eventually come out. And if it doesn't then come out through somebody exploding, it will literally come out through physical disease, literally, because yeah. your body has to express the emotion. So not only is truth important in self-actualization, it's important for your health. Because, again, you're interacting with these people every day, and they are they're affecting your health so is your health important to you or not right is your integrity important to you or not and that's why the highest form of love that we can actually experience in this reality that we live in at least the third density reality, reality as human beings is the love for truth and a lot of people don't really understand that because they're like well that don't make no, no when you experience the love for truth like what it's like to actually live truthfully like as in you are who you are like you're not you don't have 50 things over here that you lie about so you have to constantly think about them because you have to constantly reaffirm the lies it's very exhausting when you live like that right it's just no you are who you are you're integral you say what you mean you mean what you say you do things with good intent and so on you start to experience that love for truth and and your connection to the creator to source to universe whatever you want to call it becomes so clear and strengthened that everything in life becomes so much more focused on purpose more meaningful people that you connect with are actually very nourishing connections so it's a completely different form of quote love to what people are usually sold you know in movies and what have you what they think it is which is just attachment and desire of lower natures so you know that that was a whole like kind of tangent i went there but um so your your point about the shadow work i think that was just very important to point out and as you said the conversations that you had to have that it led to you know certain relationships dissolving and again having anybody in your life does not automatically mean they're in your life forever nor should it mean that uh, yeah. nor should it mean that when they're no longer in your life that it was pointless or meaningless everything is a learning lesson everybody can help us grow we help each other grow we help each other find the truth discover the truth and evolve in that way because it's it is very useful to have that mirror mirrored back at you as you said the perspectives right you can only see from someone else's perspective when they're telling you their experience as well and then you can either acknowledge that or deny it and continue lying to it but yeah that's a really important point i think it's interesting that you brought up the um the the way that children learn social cues and the importance of that because that, that's not that's not uh that's actually been going on in this country the the rise in speech therapy alone mm. um and the amount of uh, like the speech therapists mm -hmm. that have come out and said the amount of clients that they now have is unlike anything that they've ever seen and it's all young children yeah. and it's because they've been covering their faces not the children's faces hopefully but the adult faces have been covered for going on two years now solid almost three years actually and uh yeah it's 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 pretty bad out there and when uh, children are stunted in growth like that it it stunts them for a very very long time 
you know, possibly forever. Um, because sure, they'll learn to speak and they'll be fluent, hopefully in their speech, you know, but then when it comes down to it, like there are social cues that like you have this process called life and it happens whether, you know, it happens and like, it happens according to, you know, the will of the universe really. And, and like, you're just in it, experiencing it and you've got a little slice of that free will and you're going to, you know, use that to, uh, to navigate and explore, you know, the, the universe as it's happening around you. And when you're, when that's taken away from someone that, there's a lot of work that needs to go into regaining that and like yeah the the speech therapy is great but we're talking i'm talking about like a spiritual like therapy that needs to go into it that that they don't really pay much attention to it's uh it's not uh it's not really paid too much attention to and that sucks (laughs) well environment (laughs) environment for children really is everything um yeah uh the brain is still developing you know um they're like a sponge they absorb everything around them they don't listen to what the parent says they watch what the parents do (laughs) as i'm sure you've experienced being a father Um, so so yeah so that's why we're talking about the social cues as you so rightly said you know if the adults are all wearing masks and the children are learning from looking at the adults then they're, they're they're missing that very critical thing so anybody that does have children it's extremely just important always to remember that the environment is everything they're literally like they're almost um a blank slate not completely but almost and the environment is what they're soaking up as you said in this reality that you know is created and we have our free will of how we're going to respond to it but it's like the reality is what it is and then the children are learning to navigate that through their senses, through their bodies and so on. So if that part element is restricted heavily or just completely missing, then yeah, it's a huge developmental area that's, uh, that's unfortunately then, as you said, will lead to a lot of issues in adulthood. I mean, in general, any, any issue that anybody has in adulthood, usually, especially if it comes from trauma and triggers or any sort of, really difficult things they they handle within life is coming from some form of childhood experience that they have not been able to process properly yet and that's because we're not also taught how to actually process things properly process the emotions how to actually think how to learn school system doesn't teach you how to learn it just teaches you how to obey the orders so that you can become a wonderful good working slave um so so what was also great though to see is in some areas more and more homeschooling becoming actually common rather than people looking at it as a completely taboo topic i know you've got like some experience in that so maybe it would be really great if you could share like because a lot of people have this misconception that homeschooling means that you should literally just do what a school does at home but that's of course not the case at all right nor is it the optimal way to do it it is not the uh, it, it is definitely not the all uh, you know the the best way to do it um if it were then there wouldn't be many complaints would there about the way that they do things and um i have had this thought come into my head recently due to an interaction that i had with a parent with another parent at a park uh, the 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 parent had a, a son 
that my son was playing with and like it's one of those i want to play with this kid again so let's exchange phone numbers and just small talk happened and uh this parent said something that kind of opened my eyes a little bit and she said oh god bless you guys for doing homeschooling i did it last year for one semester and uh because the vaccine wasn't available for children yet And I just was like, wait a minute, what? So there are there there are a lot of people that we've seen in recent history doing the homeschooling thing, but we have to remind ourselves that we do not live their lives and we do not know their intentions with their actions. So it's a very important thing when we see statistics and things like that going up. We have no idea why these people are doing the things that they are doing. This person homeschooled their child for a semester because the vaccine was not available for children yet. The second she could give that kid an arm spear, she sent him right back into public schools. And uh, that type of behavior is 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 abusive. Um, the way that children are abandoned in society and it's not even seen as abandonment is another layer of abandonment. <laughs> Well, that's where all the attachment style theory yeah. comes in. Like the whole basis of psychiatry and psycho childhood psychology literally is built on exactly that trauma that children experience. It wouldn't have to even exist. Psychiatry and all that needs not exist. Else the system created the reason why it exists, which is that the moment, you know, a child so young should never be taken away from its parents um, for extended periods of time, totally confused as to why they've been abandoned. And then they develop these different like styles as to how they, they cope, cope with it. Yeah. Um, but ultimately it's still just a coping mechanism. So you're very right about that as well. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, as far as our homeschool experiences have been going, it's been a very rocky road. It's very hard work. My wife takes the brunt of it while I'm off driving a, a truck to you know get the get the resources that we need to keep the roof and the clothes and the food and all that that kind of kind of a traditional you know nuclear family from back in the day that's the type of style that we're that we're approaching um not really so rigidly but it's just kind of what we've fallen into however like the second i get home i i struggle a lot with like not like uh with not like vegging out and, you know, doing other things or whatever. And then sometimes my wife is like, Oh, what are you doing? And I, and she's like, she's awesome. I, I fucking couldn't be more grateful to have a person like that, like as my partner, you know, but she like, she really is like a superhero for these kids. And then I'm there to like, you know, help learn, uh, help teach about certain things as well, you know, and, they're so young that the things that I can teach them, it just goes right over their head. So I'm like, all right, Jameson, uh, I want you to learn this word. And I, and he goes, what? And I go trivium. And he's like, trivium. And I'm like, yes, the trivium. And then we had a conversation about it and like, he's like, huh. And you know, so we're starting to apply, we're starting to make familiar these types of things. However, um, the actual, like, you know, it, it all starts very young where at least, you know, the word exists and we're going to, uh, and then, you know, but 
one benefit of doing the homeschooling that like I encourage my wife to do is like, remember that we're doing this because we, we've come together and we disagree with the way that they do things. So why should we copy and paste that method? We live in New Hampshire and the interaction between us and the state is very, very minimal uh, when it comes to doing what we do. Um, and they have very little say in how we do things. Other states, they make, they, in the United States, they make you follow a curriculum in order to keep your child home from their. So basically all you're doing is leaving your child absent from their building. Yeah. And you, and you, and if you don't, then they come and like CPS, Child Protective Services gets involved, the truancy officers get involved, all this other bullshit gets involved, which is why like focusing on ending the condition of slavery that we have mm -hmm. put ourselves in. Notice how yeah. I, people listening, I said we put ourselves here because we did. And ending that kind of condition is very, very important um, because even when you try to exercise your freedom these people still try to inject themselves yeah. in between yourself and your autonomy. So that's a major intrusion on this process of self-actualization. I mentioned earlier in our conversation about neuroplasticity, and it's important to remember that at any age, you can really do some work on yourself and change mm -hmm. for the better. You could also change for the worse. It's, but I, I want to be optimistic here, <laughs> but like, that's the thing. Like, uh, they incessantly get in the way of you realizing your true self and your um, realizing your true potential. Yeah. Because Melissa, you said something about um, almost being a blank slate yeah. children. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, but the one thing that everyone is definitely born with that completely shatters the idea of being a complete blank slate, everyone's born with potential. And it's exactly. up to us to use our free will, navigate this space that we're in exactly. to realize our potential when it comes uh, to physical absolutely. abilities and how we and physical abilities and social interactions and, uh, you know, and so on and so forth, all these different processes that we go through in life that we can, you know, um, carry our values based on principles with us through this treacherous domain in which we're stuck <laughs> yeah no so many different points there but yeah that everything is literally learnable it's just whether or not someone wants to apply that that aspect of learning on it so the brain is like an in, in, in incredible supercomputer we have in our heads and every time you want to learn something all you're doing is if you imagine like thinking a thought every time a thought comes like you can take it, let it go, take it, let it go. But a thought that you incessantly think over and over again, what happens? Like it becomes part of your reality. Like it's constantly there. It can become who you identify yourself as. It can become um, your literal personality, like a mood. Like that person's always in a mood. Yeah, because they're constantly reaffirming one thought all over and over and over again. That's how a belief system is created. Therefore, a belief system is also something you can very easily stop thinking, stop constantly thinking over and over again, and change. So anytime you want to learn something new, advance on a skill set, as you said, whether it's physical, uh, you know, intellectual or, or social, otherwise, it is literally just you 
focusing more and more on a specific topic so thoughts that are coming in and then you're digesting them you're using the trivium to understand them then you're like but do i actually get what that means and then applying it trial and error in your environment and then through physical practice you're you're getting better because you have to actually apply it to see how does it work and then how can you improve to do that and of course that will look different for everybody different people but that process in itself is universal and absolutely works whether you are 60 years old 30 years old or three years old like that neuroplasticity is a gift we literally have and they never stop by the way so the the new neurons of this never stops your brain doesn't like age in a way like that just stops happening the only time that it stops developing like that ability for neuroplasticity is if you don't use it that's why it's so important to literally be a lifelong learner so it's literally the use it or lose it thing if you just stop using a specific let's say you had a skill of i don't know playing basketball. a guitar playing a guitar thank you and then for whatever reason you just decided you just don't want to do it anymore not even just a little bit eventually that synapse right that the synapse in your brain will disconnect it will go away you will forget and that's why like you know in old age people are like oh i just forget and it's like no that's not it's not just a given that that happens it's because you've also stopped investing the time in those things so you can absolutely still do all the same things you did and again get better and better and better at them but you have to actually focus on them which is why where you put your focus is so important so instead of for example watching tv shows for five six hours could you at least just spend one of the hours you know working on learning something and the most important thing is is if you want to really get good at something that that you actually enjoy is that is that you actually enjoy it it's something you're curious about it's something that you like it's something that when you actually are doing it it feels good to do it it doesn't feel like some kind of task work which is again when we come to children and homeschooling it's a completely different way to look at it and instead of like sit in a classroom here's a book shut up listen to what i'm saying you have to focus on this section right now because i said so and that's a very very people we don't actually learn like that we can't learn like that i mean think back for yourself like what do you remember truly from school you remember almost zero information because the way they teach it is really uh, disconnected from spirit which is the creative side so right. when you allow any form of creative expression in the learning process then uh you will learn actually much quicker and better so so I, for example, whenever I'm learning something, which I learn every single day, I teach as well as learn, but it's like every single day when in the middle of learning, like I will also do something physical, like a physical thing, like go for a walk, dance around, whatever, do yoga, because I'm engaging also the playful side, that's creativity. And then that connects the connection, the neural connections even more. Um, so that's really important when it comes to learning and we can we can learn in any given age it's just that what are you focusing on what are you putting your attention on are you shortening your own attention span with all of the crazy you know notifications and apps and everything that everyone's involved in all the time the urgency urgency culture right got to respond now got to be there no you don't we talked you about don't. that last night with the libra on the libra cast round table and i actually have the note here from it and uh, and it's so funny that you brought that up because like we we i said that there was um the the intentional shortening of a, attention spans and the acceptance yes. of a low quality of life and that it has to do with you know the way that they've manipulated how we get our dopamine hit 
like the way that they that they have done that systematically that to us through social media and um and the television and all these other things i mean that can that that could that have the potential to be uh great tools for visual aid and social interaction with people that you aren't in the same room with it's funny that the conversation got brought here because it also kind of um it also kind of goes back to something that we were talking about before about social cues and everything like that. We, we don't get those from, from the social media that it'd be, you know, so like that's another part of how the degradation of society has kind of come about and, and in such a swift manner, like, Oh my God, how did that? Well, you have billions of people interact. Well, maybe not billions, but a lot, like millions and millions of people interacting with one another on a, a uh, website that you can never reach out and shake their hand or give them a hug. They can't see your face while you're saying something is very disingenuous. It is very, it, it's very, very harmful to the way that we perceive uh, the environment and how we interact within it socially. It's very, very harmful for that. Um, and it's been done intentionally. I mean, it, it, it has, it's not by accident that these things exist that these, that these, you know, social media sites exist for people to think that that's just a coincidence. It's like, no, not really a coincidence when an organization sets out to create an infrastructure such as this, it's not coincidence. It's not by mistake. It's by design and that design serves a purpose. And what's the purpose? Put distance between people and make sure that they don't have genuine social interactions with one another. And the social interactions are so important. And I know we've been going on and on about them, but we are, um, we, there's a large part of the human uh, potential that has to do with social interactions with one another because of the conscious, the, our ability uh, to have, be um, conscious of, of what we do and how it affects other people just because of that element within uh w- within how the mm-hmm. how we build reality it's very important to shed light on the fact that humans don't necessarily have to be in a group all the time or at a party all the time to have this apply to each and every single human but by our very god-given nature we are social creatures we are we are so we're it's given to us this ability to socialize and to have our own version of like how things go and, you know, all these different, to be able to uh, realize right from wrong action and, and to have the free will and all of this other stuff. Like it's, it's all, it all applies, you know, to self-actualization to make sure that, you know, while, again, while you're here in this environment and in this realm here, whatever it is <laughs> that you are being true to yourself. That way you're putting a, the best version of yourself forward and people can base uh, not that their opinion really matters, but they can base how they respond to your actions in a more healthy, truthful way. If then that's essentially like the importance of being honest <laughs> and being truthful, you know, more importantly because amazing uh, amazing points james i mean on dopamine we could literally speak for an hour just on that but everything you said is absolutely accurate in and and you know no it's not by accident it's absolutely on purpose um it's also the thing is when you start to literally detox things like 
what has created dopamine addictions such as social media which by the way also other things such as food uh junk yeah. food and so on um or in just otherwise junk if i may um, just real quick to interject yeah. um I, I think that it's very appropriate to stress the people that dopamine is going like the dopamine hits in the uh the the oh my god the term escapes me I apologize for interrupting you for for this stammering BS, but uh, it's very important for people to realize that the dopamine hits are going to happen either which way. It's just a normal function of the human uh, makeup. So what they've done is that they've just pretty much like they've interjected uh, where they've basically just like kind of hijacked like how you're how you're getting that that dopamine hit. So uh, that, that's all. That's the say. exact words I would use. It's hijacked. So as so as I said, when you start to detox, for example, from things that have hijacked your dopamine, which is basically the reward center in your brain, it's not actually dopamine is not actually what's released when you get a reward. It's released as you are um, chasing a reward. So that's why, if you think about literally the reason why social media is so addictive, it's exactly the same like a slot machine in a uh, what a casino whatever like even the movements like when you pull the screen down it's the same thing as pulling like the lever down like literally jacked you need more and more of the same stimulus to so when you start to detox from that, for example, like when I tell, you know, turning off all their notifications, step one, step two, removing the apps from their phone. Like even if they just start with one of the 50, whatever social media, you will notice such significant difference in your, your attention. Like it's really, and you also first notice your compulsion, your body literally hits grab your phone or you know what I mean like that's that attention constant you yourself as you so well put we put ourselves into this as well you are choosing to constantly train your attention on earth do you need your phone to light up and ping like a dog every few seconds literally because someone liked your post Is it necessary? Seriously. No, of course it's not. If you're living from the persona and not your self-actualized self, that is going to be so important to you for your self-worth. Everything around your self-worth is going to be built around these notifications, which, as you said, are not real human engagements or connections. And I want to importantly point out, as you mentioned, in terms of the importance of social interaction and so on, the less we depend on each other as real human beings, the more we depend on the state. That is why it is a is part, it's as you said, not coincidental, it's part of the plan. So now what you have is more and more generations are literally have nobody. So if they actually had a real life problem or a real life thing that they wanted to do, they have no one they can call and be like, hey. Will you help me out with this? Which is, by the way, the 50,000 followers you have on whatever platform.
who don't know you, they don't care about you. As you said, people lose all compassion and empathy because they think that or speaking to a real human being on the other side as well and as you yep. said that's why by the way which no one talks about suicide was heavily on the rise over the last few years as well and actually very interestingly of all the things that mainstream news doesn't talk about considering mainstream news is negative news and fear-mongering they never ever report suicides do you wonder why they do don't do that because that's the very thing that you would actually have to address as to why would somebody's life be so horrid that they want they think the only way out is to end it, okay? That would be because of the environment, the society, the culture. So, of course, they're not going to tell you about that. But it happens all the time, and it's never reported. I know and work with various different people and organizations, and they literally will tell me the stories of how often this happens on a daily basis in public platforms and areas and so on. And everyone's just quiet about it. The only reason why anyone gets to that point is because they think there's no other way out. And there's yeah. so many people that think like that because of the way our world is built. It does not work. The system doesn't work. The state doesn't work. We cannot change the system from within. We need to create something completely different and completely new, which is based on mutual respect, based on morality, values, principles, which we cannot build if people live their entire lives online and don't know the basics of human interaction. But people are craving it, uh, James. You know, people don't want to anymore be on that American dream uh, ladder or whatever. They literally like, <laughs> I've had people say it to me like, you know what, I just wanna sell all my stuff and I wanna build houses for people. I want to open, you know, a kitchen for people and like, because people want to just help other people. We're naturally generous like this. I, I really, it bothers me when people think that the, the nature of humanity is that everyone's just selfish and evil. No, the society in which we live in rewards that. Going back to where we started, it rewards yep. deceit. It rewards lies. It rewards you stabbing people in the back so that you can get that position with your suit and your jet and your car, whatever. It literally rewards you for that. So it's a complete inverted system. And again, because we are so moldable, almost clean slate, you're going to end up turning into the thing that the system wants you to be if you're going to play the system's game. But the thing is, if you're going to play the system's game, which is why I can't stand when people say like, you know, uh, you know, don't try to break the matrix or whatever, be of the, be in it, it's like, <laughs> win the game. Pathetic. And I'm like, no, that's you choosing evil. So no. Yeah. That's um, just some you, edgy thing that you saw on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I know idiot. you're choosing evil. If you've actually seen, and like, you know, I've worked with thousands of people globally, James. It's the same in every single country because it's our whole global system. It's not just yeah. one society. It's not just one culture. It's everywhere because it's the whole system is built that way. So yeah. you're right. And we can't, it's not, it's not, we're not over, it's not talked about enough. As you said, is this that if we do not learn how to actually depend on each other, like in an interdependent, healthy way, then people will naturally depend on the state because they literally don't know how to do anything themselves. So they'll be afraid and they'll they'll buy into that whole for your safety spiel, which should be a first alarm in people's heads is that a dictator, you know, a, a tyrant, uh, a so-called slave a master is never doing, yeah, it's never doing anything for your good. Exactly. It's like, uh, yeah. Exactly. It's like, I'm murdering you for your good, you know? And it's yeah. like, it doesn't matter what the story is because people got to understand narratives 
we make sense of the world through stories and, and images, right? So narrative and, and pictures. And the pictures are the things that stay in your head where you're like, that's where a lot of the trauma sits because that's the memory. It's tied to your emotion. Right, but and all the, all the stimulant responses that, that we go. Yeah, yeah that yeah, you've exactly. built up your whole life. And then the narrative is what you, how you make sense of the world. It's like, I am so-and-so, I live in so and this is so-and-so. It's a narrative, like we make sense of the world that way. That's how we kind of navigate. So if somebody else is telling you the story of what the world is, as does, for example, mainstream media, and you just buy into that without ever actually questioning it or realizing that those thoughts aren't yours, then you will naturally go into yeah, the slaughterhouse, so to speak. Uh, and as you said, even for those of us that choose not to do that, we are still subject to them, as you rightly said, intervening in our autonomy and freedom against our choice uh, as we go about doing basically not completely keeping to ourselves, doing nothing, no harm or anything like that, which is yeah. why masses matter masses matter there's also too many people that are like oh we just need a savior to come we should, the white hats are gonna do it the aliens are gonna come and uh, get rid of all the bad there's always somebody right there's someone that's gonna come and save you but you don't have to do anything well that's not right that's not how it works that's not how this reality is and that's also you're not getting away with it that easily like you know it's life is not for yeah. you to sit in a gaming chair looking back at the sky waiting for someone to arrive just think about the the concept of it right why are you in a physical body if you yeah if you're just doing that spaced out doesn't make sense so masses <laughs> matter right if if in your town 95 percent of the people all have the complete opposite values of you like they want tyranny they want to be controlled they want taxation they want you know enforced uh, um, public schooling and whatever yeah. you're still going to be subject to their belief system even if you don't believe it and the thing is though that's the same everywhere so for people that are like well just move go somewhere else it's like no because that is the case globally. So where <laughs> where yeah. am i gonna go globally, you know, if, which is why and they're allowed to is... they're, they're allowed to be statist all they want just don't make me do it if you want to do I it mean, go right ahead i don't i can't make you not be statist I can't. Exactly. I, I, we can that would go against my principles. People. Like I'm not like that, that. That would be an aggressive move, and I can't do that. Like I'm. I'm not an aggressive. I have pledged myself to a non-aggressive principle, and that's right. how I conduct myself. So you can go right ahead and be a statist. I can't change that. I can talk to you because there's nothing harmful about words, and maybe yeah. you can change your own mind, but I can't do it for you, and I'm not going to impose my will upon you because that's exactly the thing that i have a problem with so i'm not going to be exactly. a hypocrite. and you know exactly as far as like being a statist and everything goes it's like um largely what we're what we've been seeing is this inversion of like values and principles uh, largely you know um it's like a prescribed belief system where that gives you an inversion of true uh, moral values and principles and what that does is it creates a state of dependency and that and that opens the door for some for these saviors to come in oh don't worry they got this don't worry joe biden's got this don't worry you know king charles has got this you know like don't worry about it you know what i mean like oh you know all these people they got this i don't have to do anything i'm just gonna I'm just going to stand down, sit back and shut up, you know? And it's like, no, dude, you got to get in the pit. You got to start, you know, hopping around and jamming out to the music here because it's, if you don't, 
man, it's going to be bad. And your actions have consequences for other people, not just yourself. And that's a that has largely been absent in people's mindset. They don't think that there's consequences for their actions that other people are going to experience. You know, when you start performing wrong actions, you're not always the one that's, that's reaping what you sow. Other people are reaping what you sow. And it's like, man, the, and, well, yeah, eventually those, it will come back around and it'll, it'll get you too. But uh, in my experience, the wrong actions, other people suffer the consequences for those wrong actions before you actually are the one that suffers the consequence of those wrong actions. Uh, it, it's, it's very, yeah. it's very circumstantial, of course, it's, but it, but largely when it comes down to it, like that's how cause and effect work. You do, yeah. for instance, let's take a situation at work. You do something silly. Like I just went through this yesterday, a coworker of mine, we have time, we have certain times a day where we're not supposed to be at certain places because of how loud and noisy the trucks are. And okay, we're too close to a neighborhood there. They don't want us there before 6 a.m. Let's respect that. I wouldn't like it if someone woke me up. This hotshot wanted to go in and he thought he could get away with it. He doesn't feel the consequences for it because he doesn't really seem to care. However, it affected me. And then sooner or later, that's going to come back around and it's going to affect him because now it's like, all right, you know, uh, it's going to, it's going to eventually come back around to hit, to hit him in the, in the rear end, you know, but it affected me before it's going to affect him because it, it uh, directly like, uh, has a very large impact <laughs> getting in trouble. And I mean, I know it's situational, but like getting in trouble and like having that happen in that spot where it's like, okay, now we can't be there for another hour. It's like, God damn it. Thank you so much for that, buddy. Like, and he's like, Oh, no problem. Like you're a jerk. You're being a jerk. And that's that kind of behavior is going to come back around, you know, and I'm rambling on here. Excuse no, me. it's a great example, it's a, and it's true, and I like the way you worded it, that other people will feel the consequence before you do, and yet it does, cause and effect is real, it's just not so directly, like you said, like instantaneous and so on, but it does come back around, sometimes it's several years later, and I've I've seen a lot of examples where it's not always, by the way, the exact same situation will happen to you or something like this. However, sometimes that actually is exactly how it goes down. Like it, like <laughs> like word for word, you can't even make it up. And like the scenario, as you said, the circumstance is like so specific that you're like, whoa, that is too specific, right? And too exact to be like just happens circumstantial. And there's so many examples of that. And yes, you're right. And I've been delving more into that, by the way, in my teachings, in that the really the reality of cause and effect on a mass scale, because a lot of, again, what we unfortunately have today being taught as well is you 100% create your own reality. It's just you, you know, no, nothing else what anybody else does matters. Like you are the, okay, but there's literally almost 8 billion other people here. And you think that that has zero effect to what you experience in your life. Completely incorrect. And we are, we are, everything is, a, <laughs> everything is in relation with everything else. So as you just said, his action had an effect on you. Not only does it have an effect on you, it has an effect on all the people that were living in that street, right? So right. it's like everything is connected. That's what that means in the practical sense, in the sense of everything is in relation to everything else. For example, like 
if we use the example of of lying and integrity right where someone thinks oh it's just a little lie like it won't doesn't mean anything and won't hurt anybody else right well let's say somebody wants to pretend that they're a big shot because they want something out of these five people that they're going to dinner with so they go to dinner with these five people and they're like you know what i'm going to pay for everybody because they want to look a certain way in front of them and they want to use those people perhaps in a future scenario. Maybe they have certain positions and connections or whatever. This is a very right. common example, by the way. Creating an IOU situation. Go, Creating know, an IOU situation is so already disingenuous, but seems lovely, doesn't it? Oh, person is paying for everybody. How nice, right? In the meanwhile, let's say this person actually doesn't have the job they claim they had, then they can't even afford everything that they just pay for there now dun, dun, like dun. there's a there's like a domino effect now they go home and their wife is like the credit card stopped working and he <sighs> now is like well i'm not going to tell her that i just paid for five people's like dinner when i didn't have the money and now he's going to make up some lie to her right and then like let's say at work he's supposed to have a bonus and he's like i was just going to cover it with a bonus guess what bonus doesn't come and now he's like Oh my god now i'm in even more debt and then like something happens his car breaks down and i'm serious that i'm just giving i just like to make like practical tangible examples but that is a real scenario uh not mine but that's a real scenario no, I'm, like, I'm i'm only chuckling because like uh, uh, aside from the lying part right that kind of thing has happened to me before where it's like oh i'll buy these car parts and fix my car be and and i'll get that bonus coming up and then the bonus doesn't show up and it's like you just described like an actual situation that's happened to me in the past and it's like all right now i'm screwed you know and my wife and i are sitting here going um <laughs> yeah and that's the thing is like that's why that well, well if you actually do look at the depth of that that that's that is the truth in the sense if you couldn't afford something in the moment then ultimately why buy it right that's right. that's kind of a little lesson there that's for example something i've i've never been in debt ever in my life and that's always been a rule in my life if i can't afford it right now i'm not touching it i'm not purchasing it so um yeah that's that's like one it's a, it's a good it's a good example you gave there and that's not necessarily like you had a bad intent but at the end of the day if you couldn't if you didn't have the means and you were expecting the means at some other point then yeah it can happen right Things can happen that it doesn't turn yeah. out that way. So that's I mean, not to one. get not not to get too far into the minutia of the of, of the situation, but like you know, when you're sitting here going, I can't get to work to make more money, so I have to go. I and, know. You know, it's yeah. like one of those situations. Yeah. Like this is the car that I use to go to work every day. It needs to be fixed, and I need to spend this. I need to, you know. Luckily, I have the ability to go and fix the car myself. I don't need to go and pay someone mm -hmm. else to do the work on the car. I can do it myself and, and I have the tools and the hands and the knowledge and the, well, and the internet too, to help look up things that I don't know yet, you know, yes. which is also so critical. Again, the more skills you have of actually knowing how to do certain things, again, the less dependent you are on the state. Now it's not to say to be completely independent and never need anybody for anything. That's not what I'm saying. It's like, but again, if you have a healthy interdependence with real human beings, not the fictional state, then that's a different scenario, right? If you know people that are able that have skill sets you don't have and that you can collaborate and they can help you with something what have you, that's completely different. But if you have no skill set, no, don't know how to live a mature adult life without someone doing stuff for you, then that's how you get trap trapped in this yeah, statism, which is like, no, actually, I just want someone to tell me what to do, how to do it, provide for me and so on, which in reality means that you are still a child and you want mum and dad to look after you, even though you are 30, 35, 40, 45 years old, 
and you're still waiting for somebody else to basically live life for you. And that's, that's not how it works. That's another harsh truth reality that you have to come to, which is like, oh, there are things that I actually have to do, which just means I'm being an adult now, which means to take responsibility, like for my own life, you know, in my own circumstances and so on. So, um, no, that was a really important point because, no, we're not only creating things ourselves. Everything is connected. There are literally billions of us as well. And again, if it's happening, even if you're not physically involved in the situation, it can be imposed onto you through society and culture and so on. And then you are put into an environment that you are forced to make certain choices or to, that you have limited choices because you have a swarm of people, you know, kind of like coming at you which of course, masses matter. Again, like you're not just the only person here on an island somewhere in the ocean. Yeah, don't be a selfish jerk. <laughs> right, like that. Uh, you mentioned in your, um, you mentioned in, in your presentation from the Funnel 2 conference, a man called Richard Dawkins. Oh yeah. And that dude is such a bad person. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's an intellectual type, right? But he's like an atheist and like terror, like just, ugh, ugh. Not that you yeah. need to be hyper, not not that, that, you know, any sort of like hyper religious attitude needs to be had. But like, I don't know, atheism is to me just a really, really, really bad and narrow road to be going down. It just leads to a lot of the problems of, that we're kind of describing here. You know, mm. it's like, the scientific explanation for everything. I was like, you can't just let a sleeping dog lie and just be like, okay, this is how it's going to be. You know, this guy wants, what, what did he say? The selfish gene. That was the name of his book, right? Yeah. So I think he's also written new books as well and stuff now. So that's why yeah, I'm not, I don't know the person. I'm not like, you know, is it, so I'm not going to comment on him as a character, but based off of his writings and what he intellectually speaks about, he claims that, uh, the only reason any organism exists is to self like um propagate so reproduce no just to reproduce and that's why oh. it's a selfish gene and then he attempts to prove that in various forms right although at the same time you know it's been more than often proven not but like you said you know we can't only ever look at just data and analytics and so on it's also proven that all of nature collaboratively works with one another even trees have their roots connected at the but beneath the ground they feed each other water the mushrooms like literally are the ecosystem of all the plants so all these there's lots of things that are not you know in alignment with what he's saying but as you said the the kind of main issue i have with any teachings like that is it's very atheistic which leads to nihilism and leads to that pure cyborg robotic existence like there is no like spirit and beauty in that it is literally just everything is a data set yep. everything is a piece of like information that i am to control or shift or change and that's why like also the rulers of this world are control freaks and they want to control everything and the why their most favorite way to do that is through technology is because they can get more and more and more and more data that's all they care about is like, how can I know everything about this? But you can't because we are literally inspirited and like we're created by something much higher than us, right? It's not, they can't, you can't, no, none of us can recreate all of this. People can just make copies and try to come up with their own lab tested versions, whatever, but they cannot do what we have as from the gift of life from our creator. 
So it is a very sad and dark road to go down. And anybody that's truly like, oh, I've met a few people like that, that have the opinion of like nihilism and so on, you know, yeah, it's just very dark and gray way of living. Like, you know, everything can be put down to a chemical that goes off in your body. And that's all that it is. It's just chemicals trying to to survive or thrive it's like well no you can verify that again in your life what is the most painful thing we were talking about that yesterday what is the most painful thing anyone will ever experience in life is heartbreak is pain of betrayal explain that in a sense of like oh just molecular data sets and whatever no that's something that is literally it can kill you as in like people yeah. die from heartbreak i actually know of scenarios like that where people have died of heartbreak like let's say uh, somebody loses their child and literally a week later they die just yeah. from grief, not just from, but from grief because of the soul, the spirit, the connection of that which ties us all together that is not visible. It's not just physical matter trying to reproduce, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I'm not a fan of those ideologies um, or the fact that we're in a simulation and that all of this isn't real. <laughs> And again, you can in some reality say that if we, even if we are in the, mind, in the mind of the creator, so therefore it's like a mental construct, yeah, cool, even go with that. That does not mean that this experience we're having right now is not real nor that, or that it doesn't matter. That is the mistake that people make. Oh, well, if it's just a simulation, then what does any of this matter? You know it matters. You know it matters because you're literally alive and you feel the experience of life and it is very real and visceral. If it didn't matter, stop eating then. Stop going to the bathroom, jump off the jump off the cliff oh. or whatever. And right? That's the thing. Like, what is it actually teaching you? It's not helpful. Right. It's not helpful at all. And it's clearly not accurate because nobody lives with that in mind. Like, yeah, well, none of it really matters. So therefore, why do anything that's actually actually relevant to self-actualization or expansion of life everyone is born like and, and has this for sure anyone you ever ask they've at least once in their life asked themselves the question like what is the meaning of life now where is that thought or that just that curiosity even coming from it's coming from that greater side. like you want to know like the meaning we want to understand everything right what why are the stars why are they right everyone wants to that curiosity in you is linked to your creativity, which is linked to your spirit, which is linked to that, which is much bigger than all of this we physically see here. And so um, it's beyond a sad uh, ideology. And I think just people who are usually vulnerable, um, um, confused and, uh, and in pain, will latch on to ideologies that make them feel better in the moment right so it yeah. might be nice to hear in a moment where perhaps you think your life really sucks and you're like all of this is so stupid that maybe hearing somebody say well you know what none of it actually matters we're all just chemical bodies and whatever for that moment somebody might actually feel better about that all right but that's not the point the point is what is the true philosophy behind it what is the true meaning it is way more than this. And we need to go beyond just how things make you feel in the moment. That's what self-mastery is about. That's what emotional regulation is about. Because if you just look at how you feel in the moment, then yes, you will literally just be a slave to your lower natures. But we have higher consciousness. We are self-aware. 
we're self-aware. That's why we have so many issues with trauma and parts and all that, because we know yeah. how to observe ourselves. We can do that. We can distance. Animals can't do that. That's why they don't go to the psychologist and complain about their divorce because they're not, they're not, that's not their, they don't have that. They, they, they don't have that self-perception. Like the duck doesn't know it's called, you know, Daisy. It doesn't have that I'm Daisy and that's everyone else. They they're just socially aware. They're aware that they're in a group. They don't have the self-identity. Humans have that. And that's why, you know, it's what some people call ego or your personality, whatever you want to call it. But it's your ability to be aware of yourself, literally, like in third person. And who's the one that's actually aware? It's your spirit. So this is all part of self-actualization, self-mastery, and so on. And the more you're able to actually widen the gap between that stimulus to the environment and the response, um, the more you're allowing space for your your truth to come through your true essence and the more you're allowing space for consciousness which allows space for the trivium critical thinking and all that going beyond just you being engulfed in like the the feelings of the past and it's just it's liberal it's more than liberating james like everything in your life becomes so much more you can just experience life in in an incredible way like regardless as well of the horrible state of the world that it is as you said slavery but not not only do you can you now see it for what it is you can now you have the conscience and the strength and the skills to do something about it to do your part about it and not feel like some victim it's always been that way anytime with anything for those listening with anything in your life or anyone when they just say it's always been that way that is literally the most sort of unconscious response anyone can give to any they're not using their own thought their own conscious to consider anything it's just it's always been that way means i just do as i'm told so if there's anything where you kind of speak like that to yourself or to others you want to dig into that you want to be like why do i say that about that thing because that's clearly something right. that i need to for myself my own self shadow reflection go into you know well that's a self-defeatist mentality and it's it, that's that has been you know, given to people through just through like a, I almost want to say like systematic, like breaking down of their confidence. Uh, there's nothing I can do. There's not, it's always been this way. It'll always be that way. Well, yeah, it's always going to be that mm -hmm. way because you're not doing anything about it. Yeah. You know, and it's not going to change. Like, like it's not going to change because you go and vote like yeah vote harder like that's not going to do much of anything if anything at all it's it's really not like you need to change the way that you uh that you conduct yourself you know having a like having a defeatist mindset and having a, a mindset of like nihilism is is a terrible and yeah i'm i'm, I'm being kind of uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm being kind of like, Ugh, about it, but it is, it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible mindset to be in. Uh, it's very damaging to other people around you and to yourself, you know, and it's something that you, that people can change within themselves. They just have to, they just have to care. They just have to have some it's care. A belief system. It's a belief system and it can be changed. And you're right. Yeah. You have to find within you that care because it's there. It's just been suppressed, That's numbed right. out, and um, lost my trail of thought. Continue. <laughs> because I interrupted. Shame on me. Um, but yeah. it's but it is it's it's uh, it's a lack of care, and it's like, well, well, 
I'm just going to go to work and, you know, live my life and just hope I can, you know, survive the nuclear holocaust. That's like, what are you talking like? Uh, no, like we, we can, you know, while you're here, we're, we're here to do work to make this place better. And you're just letting it, letting it, you know, you're letting it just remain in a state of just decay. And you are, you're being disrespectful to the life that you were given ultimately. Mm-hmm being very disrespectful and not honoring the the fact that you have free will and that you have a life to live here and that you're not realizing your potential and you're just being like whatever like you're it's you're wait you're you're wasting your life if you, if that's your mindset it's a waste of life and you know okay I'll be harsh about it because some people out there need to hear it they need to mm-hmm. hear it like that and there's other people that react to it differently and everyone's different Ooh, cool I I really appreciate the differences that everybody has. Um, I I don't have patience for people that that waste their time here. I I just do not. They just go. Oh, well, it's always been this way. Like I get very like I have like a like a physical reaction to that when I'm actually in front of somebody that acts that way. I'm like, like you know, because it's unacceptable to me. But you know, the important thing with that is that in your response and the way that you respond to them, I keep it to myself. (laughs) I, I, I'm, I bottle it up. (laughs) I was going to say, because when you do, that's the thing. If you, um, I don't start, I don't start gritting my teeth to them and whatever. I, I, I feel like really like, but like at the same time I temper myself. That's something that I learned about myself that I needed to, needed to work mm. on was that like okay when i have these like um, reactions to people that are acting up in certain ways am i even helping them you know am i helping them or am i just lay, laying credence to what to their perspective you know perception or however you know uh, so with 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 uh something that i uh, I speak a lot from my own experience because that's the experience that I've had and I don't live in somebody else's body, shoes, whatever house. Um, and that's just how it is. So like, I, I realize that about myself where it's like, well, if I really want to help people, do I let my emotions take control of me? And if something's making me angry, am I going to just be like, grr, fuck you? Like, no, that's not helpful at all. It's actually just, it's actually harmful toward the real things that I care about and I care about other people and I want them to be free. <laughs> if I'm screaming in their faces, fuck you. Why aren't you free? You know, like they're going to go, Whoa, <laughs> guy, why are you screaming at me? <laughs> and it's like, you know, so, but I, I don't know. I, I had a feeling that you were going to be like, well, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't do it. No, yeah, no, no. I was going to say actually depends. Yeah. Circumstantially, obviously not screaming. Anytime you go into an attack, the instantaneous uh, response is going to be defense. So regardless yeah. of whether or not you're saying, so yeah, of course, there's going to be circumstantials and ways to do that. But sometimes if, if it's an assertive confrontation of truth, that actually might be exactly what that person needs in that moment. Like, and it will be pivotal to their lives. But of course, in a, like you said, in a way that is respectful, it's not about yelling and being angry at people. What I found to be the most impactful, which is why I don't 
tell anybody what to do because I don't want to do that. I don't want anyone to follow me. I don't want anyone to ask me for advice. Education is not giving people advice nor telling people what to do. It's providing insight, providing ideas and allowing you to come to a conclusion for yourself what's best for your own life. And as you said, core principle of mine is to not impose on other people's free will, non-aggression principle. So I've literally no desire for anybody to come to me and look to me in that kind of way. So what I've found to be most impactful is to just simply be the example, your living example in what you would represent, what you would do in that case of whatever it is they're doing. And when they are confronted with you and let's say have a conversation with you, you don't say like to them, like you're doing it wrong. You say what, how you would do it. So you're bringing it back to yourself. You're not being like attacking them. But you're also therefore demonstrating that what you're doing is completely different to what they're doing. And then they'll look at you and be like, okay, well, this person seems to be like they're very healthy. They have a great life. They seem to have a lot of freedom and they get to achieve what they want to do and blah, blah, blah. So maybe I will consider what they're actually talking about, right? Or it's not always about directly speaking with them. Sometimes they watch you from a distance and see how your life, like the way you live your life and you distance yourself from them, let's say, if they don't want to hear or listen to whatever it is that you're saying, through that, they will start to actually self-reflect and be like, you know what, why does it make me so uncomfortable that they live the way that they live like that? Like, it's their life. Like, but why is it making me so uncomfortable that they're so free, you know, or they're so truthful or they live with integrity? Like, why would that offend me? Like, why am I not happy for this person, mm. right? And then they can start to, that's a part of shadow work. But I have actually witnessed this in the sense of like the last few years as well of people not making certain choices um, because I told them like what I thought. And I said for myself, I didn't say to them like what I think they should do. I said, this is what I know about it. This is what I disagree with it. And this is why I'm not doing any of it. And some people literally took that as for themselves as self-reflection and decided to not go ahead with certain things uh, coercions and all that stuff right and uh, as i'm sure everybody knows and uh, somebody at least that for example left their job and things like that and then it's like it sounds bad like oh you lost your job well no did you really because were you working actually with people that were completely taking advantage of you had no respect for you and you hated it anyway right that's a shadow that people have to look at within themselves so um i think that's yeah that's a good point in the sense of the it's not about attacking people. It's like live the example. And if they ask you, which funnily enough, then they do actually ask you more. I get asked all the time. I don't impose my will into people, but people always ask me, what would you do? What do you think about that? Because it's an energy as well. People notice that you're not trying to like get them to do something. You know what I mean? So then they're more curious. They're more open. They're like, okay, well, well what would you do? Or what did you do? You know? Well, how would you view society then without voting, right? <laughs> and so, um, which I can tell them. Um, but you're right, yeah, it's like there's no saviour, there's no person that's going to fix things for you. Um, voting does absolutely nothing. Um, it's never worked ever. It's just another form of the slave system being portrayed to you in ways that is completely immoral, like slavery. It is still slavery. At the end of the day, it's still people imposing their will onto you. And if you do not do what you they tell you to do, you, they're going to violently attack you physically and yeah. mentally and spiritually. That is not okay. It's like, like you're going, 
It's like they're they're choking you out and going, why won't you live in polite society? Why won't you live in polite society? And it's like, you're choking me, bro. (laughs) That's the thing. Another Exactly. Another disease is politeness and this pretending to be nice. Like, it's it's a disease. It's like, oh, there's somebody over there being beaten, you know, like by a person in a costume. Oh, well, let's be polite because... That's just normal. That's everyday stuff. Like, why why would we say anything about that? Politeness allows people to uh, condone evil and just socially make it acceptable, which is why social norms is such a huge mechanism for control, because people do what everyone else does around them if they have no, not self-actualized. So they'll look to everybody else. Well, what's everyone else doing? I can't be the only one that doesn't, you know, go ahead with that or doesn't do the thing. It's like, yes, you can actually, if you're actually someone who has your own principles. Because if you have no principles, principles is what comes first to you in life. Like what's your priority? So if you don't have any, you're going to adopt them from your environment, from everybody else. Simple as. It's wonderful. Yeah, it is true. I recommend people, if, if uh, it's also known as like the crowd mentality. And there's an excellent book by Gustav Le Bon. Uh, called the crowd that people can read into and uh, look up. It's it's a short little book, kind of like a primer on uh, on just kind of like the psychological glitch that people have when it comes to interacting with large cr- large mm-hmm. groups of people and how we kind of um, you have uh, you you that a lot of people who are unsure of themselves will act one way when they're alone. And then when they get into a crowd of people, all of a sudden, oh, well, this is just what the crowd is doing. So I'm going to do it too. And we've seen that over and over and over again in recent history, even, you know, this silly ass uh, January 6th stuff in the US, um, a lot of riots and things like that, that happen uh, all, all over the place happen because a couple of people start doing something violent and then everyone else is like, I guess this is what we're doing now. And they just go along with it. And it's like, you know, like, but this kind of mentality um, and well, maybe not the mentality, but the effect of the mentality can yes. be, uh, can be applied to more positive situations as well. It can be looked at through a more positive scope, in my opinion. Um, and of course, you know, so like mutual respect and mutual values. Like if people simply mutually agreed that aggressing onto somebody else to cause them physical harm or mental harm or spiritual harm is not okay. And we all agree. We don't want to do that. Like it can be used in a positive sense or that nobody desires to have their life threatened. Pretty sure everyone can come to an agreement on that. There's some sick people out there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay if you want to be tortured i'm sure there's places you can pay uh that will help do that for you you know there's lots right. of uh, interesting companies out there <laughs> go and get <laughs> pay somebody to torture you good for you you know i mean why else would right. you become a politician you kind of have to be a masochist right but you make a good point in that is, is like you know not having a state and so on for example doesn't mean that people are hooligans you know shrieking down the street lighting fires i don't understand why people get this perception from like seriously for example uh, in south africa it was like last year i think um there was a situation there where they like electricity was going out and everything and people were desperate um for basic amenities and 
what they all did is they went and what they call looting, which is they go and they just run into like shopping malls and stuff and just steal anything they can. And they would steal anything like TVs and stuff. So they'll sell it on later on. And it's like to actually look at that scenario, regardless of whether or not, for example, let's say somebody had nothing to eat or like no roof under their head, it is still wrong to break into a place that's not yours and steal property. Like that is still wrong. So to be super clear, it's not like that's what you expect. Like when there's no state or controlling governing body that everyone's just running around stealing and violent with each other. You know, especially to be honest, in places where we are already quote civilized. Okay, I do not expect anybody in like the region I live in, in overall in Europe and everything. Like that's everybody just if tomorrow nobody was in in government in parliament, that everyone would just be like, yeah, let's go looting. Let's go looting into the super. Nobody would do this. Literally, no one would do this. No one has that conscience. You all know that like everyone has that conscience within them that. They know what's right and wrong. I, for example, am in a place that is very, very conscientious of these things. For example, we actually have like whenever it's the season of a specific fruit or vegetable, like that's what's most sold. They're very local and, and it's that's wonderful. So, for example, if a local farmer has lots of pumpkins because it's pumpkin season, he'll put all of the pumpkins out on the side of the road, like a main road, okay, a main road pumpkins freely and just a little hilarious box that he handmade where it says like the till. And you're supposed to just put like money in that and no one's watching there's no camera there's no nothing do you think people are stealing the pumpkins no no one steals the pumpkins not one and that tells you a lot about people's conscience right and their understanding of right and wrong you do not need enforcement you know uh, um surveillance and, and 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 laws and so on to make people be good like we intrinsically have this ability. So it's definitely possible. So as you said, to be optimistic about it, I'm absolutely optimistic that it's possible because I know I know the humanity of people, the conscience that we have, and that it just is going to take some education for people to see the solutions the other way. And most importantly, that people take personal responsibility. Yep. I see those, I see those types of farm stands all the time of where, where I'm at, where people have their fresh eggs out front and it's like, here, you know, X amount of dollars and there's a, there's a little box next to a cooler yeah. or, you know, a, like a sold on merit type of uh, farm stand, you know, on the side of the road someplace. And, you know, maybe they're watching from inside their house, but they're, they're not sitting there going, pay up, <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? Or like, Hey, we're going to call the cops. And like, you know, I, Actually, I, I've met a couple of people that work at farms and I've talked to them about this kind of stuff. And I go, I asked one time, well, what, what if you catch somebody stealing it? You know, if you look out and you're like, oh, that person didn't slip the dollars in the box. They just go, well, that just means that they really needed it. And it's like, wow. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. So, you know, there is some good out there that I look forward to seeing more of. <laughs> but yeah it's a very interesting phenomenon about the the sold on merit farm stands it's something maybe not even a phenomenon but like this little nugget from the past that squeaked by everything else all the corruption and chaos in the world that, that has been building and building and this little this little gem has kind of sh been shining brightly ever ever clear through the whole the whole mess and it's like that little act of kindness and and trust in in other people that's what it really is. It's an example of showing trust in other people and yeah. kindness when the person doesn't live up to the merit that you so wish them to. 
and like, well, they they must need it if they can't give the the three dollars for the for the pumpkin or the 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 four dollars for the for the eggs. They must really need it, so I'm not even going to bother. You know, that's so, the thing. And there is plenty of us like that out there. We just all need to be finding each other, spreading the word, and the living with that way, like with integrity and values and morals is a beautiful way to live and not in constant threat of some kind of violence. And, you know, everyone can verify this. You know, you have to admit this to anybody externally, guys, but to yourself. Anytime you have to do anything in relation to the government, does it feel good? No, it doesn't feel good, does it? You don't enjoy going, making that phone call or filling those files in and all that. You know why you don't feel good doing it? Because your, your intuition tells you it's wrong. So it's not to be ignored. You know, there's a reason why nobody likes to do or be involved with anything in relation to the state. It's your conscience telling you it's a violation of free will and there's a better way. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, it, it, uh, it, it brings to mind like this whole where we've been talking about this on a, on a personal aspect, but this other theme has been kind of creeping in the background the whole time about self-actualization. Eventually enough individuals do it and then society itself actualizes and it comes to its potential. Mm -hmm. And that's a very important point I thought to bring up is that together we only together can we really make this world a better place and it starts with the self and making your making yourself the best version of you possible with given your current situation and abilities and striving and and working hard to maybe work towards something better than what you are currently experiencing and um, and then if we're all doing that together we can move forward through this mess and navigate ourselves to a better uh, a better outcome for the future um, Hyacinth voice, and I quote him all the time. He said, "Blessed are those who plant trees for sh uh, for shade under which they will never sit," and that that is a very very important thing that people need to uh, come to terms with. And it's about this element of sacrifice that we that we as conscious beings need to kind of uh, recognize and take seriously because. Eventually, we're not going to be here anymore, and the consequence, some of the consequences of our actions will not be felt by us, but by the people that are left behind when we are gone, or are still here after we are gone. And um, then another thing that's come to mind through this conversation is a is a, a lyric by uh, uh, Maynard James Keenan from the band Tool of the album Lateralis, a song called Reflections, and it has to do with the um, with the theory of the collective consciousness and that we, that we are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively, which is a Bill, uh, Bill Hicks quote, but uh, there's also something that he says in this song reflections that if uh, we crucify the ego before it's far too late and leave behind this place, so negative and blind and cynical, and we will come to find that we are all one mind capable of all that's imagined at all, uh, all conceivable. So if, if we can kind of, retune our, our our way of thinking about our existence here and try to make make it better then the the outcome will be it will be very very good and and uh it will be unlike anything that we've ever experienced as a as a uh, society that's for sure and i think that's a beautiful way to close james so some amazing amazing words there are speechless well, okay then. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Would you like to tell people 
please, please tell people like where they can uh, find you, tell them about your website and your podcasts, because it's very, uh, very good stuff. And I want to make sure that's like part, you know, not only, you know, can we have a dynamic, like very good conversation, but I, I want more people to hear what you have to say. So take it away. Thanks, James. So my website is liveintraining.com, which is L-I-V-I-N training.com. Uh, I have, as you said, a podcast. I have video teachings, usually less than 10 minutes long, uh, sort of that I do daily. The podcast is also daily. I have long format, shorter formats. Um, I have a weekly newsletter, which is basically like, a, I call it wisdom within writings, where it's just once a week and I send like downloads that I get from source with usual things like these tips for self-actualization, like a thought-provoking uh, newsletter thing once a week. I have online courses for discovering your own purpose, for living with well-being, what I call the seven healths of well-being. And I'm literally in the middle of building a course on uh, living in alignment with natural law and awakening leader within. So talking about the actual principles that govern the laws that we, of the world that we live in and how can we self-actualize ultimately in the best way possible uh, in, the, in the circumstances we're in. Plenty of free content on there as well, as I said. So the best place is to go to my website and then all the social links will be on there. But um, my website is regularly updated. Uh, it's not just a static place, so you can go there. So whether you're an audio learner, a visual learner, or a reader, there's something for everyone, really. Excellent. I will make sure to invite, uh, I will make sure to include a, a link to your website in the show description for this, for um, the people watching the replay. Uh, because this will be aired live uh, later today, and um, and I'll make sure that people can just have have you be a nice simple click away and and everything. And um, once they get to your website, they can basically find everything else about uh, everything else from you. So that's a one stop shop for everything, Melissa. So uh, and that's that's wonderful. Um, Exactly. And just shortly, James, because I will also put this out to my audience, if you would be so kind just to share the best place for people to listen to your work, find your work. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, so um, my my podcast is called A Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth. Um, and I, I really like that name. So I'm very, very, uh, very specific about it. There's no the in there. There's a lot of people going, oh, to the truth. No, to truth. No. It's just a hitchhiker's guide to truth. And um, uh, of course, my name is James Cordiner. And my website is freeyourmindne.com. The NE stands for New England, where I am from, mm -hmm. where the, the area of the geographical location in which I reside. <laughs> and I, I, so, yeah, that's where you can find me. And there will be a link uh, to my, my website in the show description as well for Melissa, your audience. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, yeah. James. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you for your time and attention today. That is the spiritual currency that we need to pay more attention to. So I really mm -hmm. appreciate you, um, taking that and giving it to me this, this morning. So until, you, uh, and, you know, I'm going to press the end recording here, but uh, I was, I'm very, very happy with, with our talk today. Me too, James. <laughs>
everybody give it up for melissa excellent guest um check out her website liveintraining.com and it's in the show description right now and it will be there also in the replay so this uh this next little bit of information that i want to that i want to talk about um uh, it's uh, a couple new projects of mine that are going to be coming up in the future okay so there's a couple of a couple of um <clears throat> excuse me there's a couple of podcasts that may be happening uh not just like a guest spot or, or whatever like there might be a whole new podcast starting up um and the more details of of that will be coming out in the future uh, but it's it's a prospect on the horizon and uh and other than that there is also a new uh a new homegrown product uh, not product project sorry excuse me that uh that that i've been tinkering with the last few days and i've got a a few uh i've got a few people on board already it seems so uh, what I would like to kind of make public at this moment in time is the idea of <clears throat> you may <clears throat> excuse me <sighs> on my live streaming channels uh, over you know that are all over the place on the internet. You got we got the YouTube with Facebook, Twitch, uh, Odyssey, you know, a couple of other ones. So over the last few weeks, you may have noticed that there's been a couple of other uh, shows that have been streaming on these channels uh me and a couple of other uh friends in in the community we've been doing roundtable discussions together and we've been you know kind of um using each other using this software and this technology to kind of piggyback each other's streams uh and it's been a very nice thing and it kind of just started up naturally so um I've kind of had this idea to start up a co-op, uh, a live streaming co-op, and that anyone can really join if you're, you know, um, if you're interested in speaking about natural law. Uh, a lot of details have to be, you know, really hashed out. But essentially, what it's going to be is it's going to be a live streaming co-op, a sort of network, if you will. And we will be uh, able to use this. So I'm using this software called Restream. Anyone else that has a Restream will be, and at least one channel that they can stream to, will be able to join and uh, join up. And basically, what happens is, is that we, you know, you invite us to the, you invite me or the or somebody else to the stream and uh, we sit in the back room and we plug into the software our channels so it, our channels will host uh, your show as well as you know of course your own channels are going to host it too but we're just adding more channels casting a wide net to try to uh, try to um, make the make you know just raise the volume you know it, it's going to be a project that will highlight some of the more uh, well-known people in the community and spotlight some of the people that are up and comers and that uh d 
that are doing well and deserve more attention, uh, more attention, and that we can, you know, give a helping hand to. It's an exercise in teamwork. It's largely inspired by Chris Jansen and that we are going to, you know, kind of try to go forward with this. The working title for this will be the, we're going to be calling it the Labore at Constantia Co-op. And it's, you know, basically like any time, uh, any time of day or whatever, if, if it works out this way, if there's enough people involved, it's just basically a team up effort, you know, something that we can, some, something that we can put a name on and that we can, you know, kind of help each other out with, with uh, the live streamings and everything like that. So that was, that's the exciting news that I wanted to like really start putting out there. Um, and other than that, the other exciting news is that, you know, Last month, of course, like I, I keep talking about it. It already happened, shattering the illusion. Last month, uh, almost a, a complete month ago. So, it is, and it's very, very uh, infant stages as it is right now. But there will be another one. Uh, that is, that is, I have, I have decided that, and it's going to happen. And we, we I am. Uh, I'm confident that it will be even better than the first time. So um, there's there's going to be another one. And it'll probably be in a year. It'll probably be something that everyone can look forward to um, in September. So right around the anniversary of the first one, maybe it'll be an annual thing. But I know I want I know for a fact that I want to do it again, but it can't happen too soon, right? Uh, a lot of work to do to improve the infrastructure of such an online event. And um, I'm just a busy guy. I, I, I really do dedicate a lot of my spare time uh, to doing the live streams and the, the podcasting and everything like that. And, you know, I, I kind of got to tone it down a little bit. So I think that what's going to happen is, is that um, honestly, that I uh, am going to be taking a Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth and um, semi-retiring it. And what what that basically means is that it will not happen as frequently and that my the direction that I'm going to be taking my work is going to hopefully be more in a writing, uh, presentations, and um, I really, really, really want to work on my on my writing and the, something that I've never really talked about to anybody on the air before and barely anybody even in uh, any of the friends that I've made in this community even know this about me, but I really do. Uh, and, and I barely ever do it in my, in my life because I'm always distracted with other endeavors, but I, I have a creative urge to, to write and, um, I enjoy writing poetry and I, I really enjoy, you know, thinking of, uh, the treatment that I wrote like almost a decade ago for a science fiction novel that I, that I thought about doing a long time ago and little tidbits get added to it every now and then I just want, I want to be able to do that kind of stuff instead. So, um, yeah, these are things that are on my mind and I think that 
it's only right that I, that I stay true to, to that and that I, you know, um, perhaps I am being distracted with all this podcasting. So, um, it's not gone forever, but it'll probably just not happen as frequently. And, uh, so yeah, the hitchhiker's guide to truth. Yeah. (laughs) My name is James Cordiner and, uh, I'll see you around.